What makes your mom happy? Um, snuggles. I think spending time with us, like having family around. When we're siblings and I get along. And what is, what's the percentage of the time that you get along? 70s, maybe. What makes your mom happy? Me when I look at her adorable like this. What do you love most about your mom? I like that she's always there for us and that she can all, we can always go to her. He's kind. Um, she gives me second chances. That she cooks good. How good is your mom's cooking? It's super good when she makes cake. And the things that aren't cake, I don't like. Show me the face that she does when you're in trouble. Go. If I gave you a million dollars. Guess what? What? Um, I don't know. What would you buy your mom with a million dollars? A big farm. Um, a teddy bear. A Roomba. A Roomba, man, that's awesome. Maybe a mansion or a lot of chocolate. A lot of chocolate. Yeah, you could probably make the mansion out of chocolate with that much money. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. I love you. Virtual high five. Bam. Well, hello, Compassion family. Man, we're so glad you could join us on this online service. And I'm telling you, I'm amazed at how God is using this online service. And honestly, I, I, he just continues to show up in our church in amazing ways. Now, you got to know, uh, I heard somebody say this week, Cam, when is the church going to reopen? We never closed. I mean, you gotta know our church has never closed, man. We just moved our services online so that we could do the loving thing to the weakest and most vulnerable people among us. But friends, you gotta know our church has been running and gunning all through this coronavirus, man. We are still reaching our one for Christ. We're having baptisms almost every week on every campus. It's awesome. We're still serving, still giving, still making a difference in the name of Christ, and honestly, still growing uh, spiritually all through this testing time. Now, you know, our children's ministry folk, if you take a look at this, they're doing a great job of pro providing children's ministry material for all of our kids. Now, these guys are zoned in right there, right? Now, this is not a prison ministry. These are our high school and middle school pastors. But I'm telling you, they're doing a great job as well of continuing to teach and to share and to lead groups uh, online all through this crisis time. Man, 80% of our discipleship groups are on a Zoom meeting right now, which is amazing. Uh, I got to join one of these uh, groups last week. One of the members of this group was in the hospital having emergency surgery. Her husband was unable to even go in the hospital and see her. And yet the night before surgery, everybody in her life group met her on a Zoom call and just loved on her and prayed for her. And by God's grace, we have nurses working at the hospital. We were able to get them in to pray with her in person. Uh, but man, the night before surgery, she was being encouraged by everybody in her Zoom group. Uh, and I just want to thank God for that. 
this past week, we deployed a mobile shower unit that we developed for hurricane assistance. But man, we were able to tow that down to Old Savannah City Mission. Uh, and man, it was kind of neat. I, I saw on the news, the director thanking God, you know, that our church was able to provide this unit. Uh, and, and you know, then our pastor Bill came on to make sure Jesus got the credit he deserved for all of that. And you know, the media picks this stuff up and it's playing good news and I'm thrilled about that. You know, just like Fox National News had our church on their news show last week talking about the fact that we had provided a building on our Henderson campus as an emergency medical shelter. Now I say all of this just to say that in this season, man, our church is running wide open and friends, your generosity and your participation is providing the resources we need to help the neediest people in our community and honestly, people who are far needier than we are in other countries around the world. And the national news, you know, they're just covering the impact of what followers of Jesus do when we do what comes natural in times like this. And so can I just say thank you for being those guys. Now, this week we're celebrating Mother's Day. So let me just say to all the moms that I'm talking to today and to my mom who's watching this service up in South Carolina, uh, happy Mother's Day. Man, we love you guys. Uh, and guys, if you didn't realize this was Mother's Day, you're welcome. You can thank me later, okay? Uh, but I cannot remember a time in my life when Mother's Day was more challenging and being a mom was more challenging with all this sheltering at home and social distancing and e-schooling at home uh, because of this global pandemic that we're all dealing with right now. I'm telling you, our moms have more to say grace over today uh, than any time I can ever remember. Uh, I love the story of the mom, you know, who was just having a frantic day and she was just about to panic and then the phone rings and this kind voice comes on and says, oh, darling, what kind of day are you having? And then the mom just burst into tears. I'm having such a terrible day, mom. My baby got sick. Uh, you know, he won't eat. The washing machine broke. I haven't had a chance to go shopping yet. And I turned my ankle, picking up the baby, so I'm hobbling around here. Man, the house is a mess and I haven't even started on dinner yet. And the mother responded with this amazing kindness. Oh, darling, just, just calm down, sit down, relax, put your feet up. I'll be there in 30 minutes. I'll do the shopping for you. You just text in the order of the grocery store and I'll pick it up for you. I'll cook dinner. I'll feed the baby. I'll call a repairman I know to fix the washing machine. Don't worry about any of that. Just stop crying. Relax. Listen, I'll even call George and see if he can come home early and help us with all of this. And then the mom said, George, who's George? And the lady said, your husband, George, hey, this is 2335572, right? And she says, no, this is 2335577. And the kind voice says, I'm so sorry. I guess I got the wrong number. And the mom said, does that mean you're not coming over? Uh, I'm telling you, man, being a mom, especially in days like these, can be a great joy and a huge challenge at exactly the same time. And so that's why we're gonna take you know, this week to honor the moms at our church. And then next week, we're gonna start a new timely series that we're calling The Separation of Church and Hate. Now, I've never done a series like this before, but if you've been reading through the New Testament, uh, in our New Testament challenge, you read in John 17 where Jesus prayed for the unity of everybody who follows him. And man, we live in a culture that is bitterly divided and if there was ever a time when people needed spiritual leadership from spiritual people and the world needed to see the unity of a church, listen, even if we disagree on major things, it's now. 
And so we're going to crank that up next week. And I hope you won't miss it. I hope you'll invite all your friends. I think it's going to help us all. But today we're going to honor our moms with a message that I think will help every home and everybody living in them, you know, as we work through these challenging times. Now, I know we're all in different situations. We're in different settings right now. But if you are a mom, stepmom, foster mom, grandmom, or spiritual mom, would you raise your hand right now and let me just thank God for you. All right, everybody, come on. Let's thank God for these women. Come on, get in here with me, y'all. We love you, love you, love you, love you. Now, I've always wanted to do this. But this year, we're going to give a bunch of roses to every mom at church. And so let me look around and see if I can see where the moms are. Oh, here's one right here. Y'all, I'm going to give these roses to this mom. Now, here's the mom that I partnered raising our kids with. Sarah, here you go, baby. Love you. Happy Mother's Day. I know. And at the same time, we're going to give some roses to the other mom on campus, Jessica Joy, who is doing our ASL translation for us right now. And so we just want you moms to know we love you. We thank God for you. Uh, We appreciate all you do for us. And I want to thank Sarah, you and Jessica Joy for risking your life to come and join us here for this service today, because this technical crew is a, you know, a germy looking bunch of guys, if you ask me. But anyway, let's talk, about, let's talk about being a mom. Now, I know not everybody is called to be a mom. Not everybody needs to be a mom. But I know you consider your calling to be a mom as a calling from God. Tell us what is your favorite part about being a mom. Well, if you're a mom long enough, you get to be a grandmother. And that's then you right. get grandkids. And so uh, that's worth being a mom. And we all have to say that just so our kids know it wasn't a cakewalk raising you. That's right. And um, I just wanted to share in First Thessalonians 5.24, it says, The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. And I got to tell you, I think being a mom was the best but hardest job ever. And... Um, when I think about my favorite part, I think about that baby they lay in your arm and you just realize this miracle of life. But I loved every stage. And I think my favorite part is that I got to see that um, the view you get to see as God works through their lives. And I just, I, I, I loved every part, but I loved teenage years. I don't know why people think I'm crazy. I wish that we had had our boys be teenagers for 10 more years. Another decade would have been fine with me. But anyway, I I just love the part that really I got to watch stuff happen as God worked in their lives. And that's, you know, being a mom's great, but it's hard, but you do get to see miracles. (laughs) Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Now, listen, uh, we're in a unique time right now. You know, there's just a you know, whatever the pressure is of being a mom, it's doubled right now. So talk to us a little bit about what our moms are dealing with right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I tell you what, it's, it's been one of those things that Mother's Day's coming and you always think about the mothers that went before you. But right now my mind's just right on those moms that are on duty right now with a lot of little kids at home. Our nest is empty, but those of you with a full nest. Yeah. Mothering changed on you overnight. I mean, you're wearing a lot of hats, and and I, I just got to tell you, I am in awe of you. I have three girls that I got as my daughters I got because my sons married them, and I've always been thankful for them, but now I'm in awe of them. Yeah. I am in awe of y'all, and your jobs has have changed so much, and all the hats you wear from mom to teacher to chef to activity director, I just want to tell you one thing. I, I think you're doing a great job, and I think some days you feel like you're not, but I've got to tell you, time with you is great for your kids. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for staying on duty and just being all in. You know, um, Sarah and I are are empty nesters and we've got three boys that are all grown and they, you know, married, got their own kids now. But Sarah, 
uh, if you and I were at the house and we still had our three boys there and you know they were running a little crazy as usual, what could I do to help you uh, as a mom? Uh, well, I was just thinking about that in that does anybody else feel like it's kind of sometimes hard to say the right thing when you have only one other person in the house or the people that you're closest to yeah. with this social distancing? So saying the right thing, and I just, I just have to tell you, on day one of, you know, being at home and I'm all you've got, That's right, baby. even perfect men might say the wrong thing. And sometimes it doesn't even say what they say, but what you think they mean. And so on day one was very offended that Cam laughed. All he had to do was laugh. And then I could th figure out everything he was saying. I could just read his mind about this poor guy that was worried about spending too much time at home with his wife. So I was mad on behalf of women everywhere. But I will start with that because you asked, honey. Yeah. Um, I think we should watch what we say and then use the words that we can't hear that are just in your head and let us know that you do know how hard being a mom is. I, I feel like uh, back in the day, I wish I could have told you this then, but you didn't ask. But anyway, sometimes <laughs> the boys, I said, could, they could build a fire at your feet and you wouldn't even notice. And so I'd also say engage. And I've seen a lot of dads just really engage, but... But I'd say engage. I'd say just, and, and again, uh, with all of the communication that's normally hard anyway, just use the kind of words to let her know you um, are doing a great job and also that you understand she is. Because sometimes mom's jobs are just, they just kind of, nobody knows they're getting done, but they just all get done. So just engage and uh, use those words. So let us know. Yeah, I just I just feel like, you know, there's a sense of uh, appreciation. You know, uh, sometimes the things we think go without saying needs to be said. And, uh, man, I, this is certainly a time when we need to express appreciation to all the moms in our life. Well, Sarah, you know, we've got moms uh, watching all over the country and all over the world right now. Would you say a word of prayer and a word of blessing for those moms who are with us today, please? I would. I yeah. would. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this special day that we just uh, remember our moms. Thank you for moms of all ages, and thank you that you are blessing them for their years of, of service. But Father, right now I pray special blessing on those that are just so hands-on right now, that are just trying to run so many things and take care of so many details. Father, I pray they'll call on you. I'm so thankful that you've called them to be moms, and I pray that they'll just uh, just claim that promise that you will be faithful and you will do it. Mm -hmm. We can't do this mothering thing alone. So Father, we right now just want to tell you, thank you for partnering with all the moms as we just walk this road. But Father, I pray that they'll just feel your arms around them, your power, and they will pray and, and acknowledge the fact that it takes you for your patience. So I pray your patience. I pray they'll be patient for them with themselves and patient with their kids and patient with their families and their husbands. But Father, I just pray that uh, for all of our empty nest moms, to that you'll just uh, use this time to bless your children and just pray that we have the power for you to fill us as empty nester moms to say the right thing and no one to keep our mouths shut. So Father, we pray just a day of blessing for these women. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. All right, thank you so much for being with us today. All right, <laughs> thank you moms, thank you. Okay, everybody, I love the way Sarah used words to bless the moms who are with us here today. And friends, I'm just telling you, I think that prayer of blessing leads us to the fact that we can use the way we talk and, and the words we say to bless other folks. If, you know, we'll take a breath and think before we speak. 
You know, we could intentionally speak in ways that bless our moms and make our relationship with her even stronger. And it's not just moms, man, it's every relationship. Friends, words are how we build relationships. Words are how we maintain relationships. Words are how we repair relationships. And I'm just telling you, man, our words are important. Now, James, the brother of Jesus, in the third chapter of his book, was led by the Holy Spirit to devote a whole section to the power of our words. He talks about the tongue in that section. And he compares the tongue to, you know, the bit in the mouth of a war horse that you could use to just guide that thing wherever you wanted to go. He talked about the tongue like the rudder on a great ship that that one little control surface, you know, can send that ship anywhere it wants it to go. Uh, he compared the tongue to a small spark that could just burn down a national forest. Man, think about it. Your tongue weighs less than three ounces. And yet James says the size to impact ratio of our tongue is unparalleled anywhere in nature. I mean, listen, Adolf Hitler used his words to launch a Holocaust and a world war that literally ended up in millions of people dying. On the other end of the spectrum, 52 years ago last month, Martin Luther King was assassinated and that man was only 39 years old. And yet God used his words to launch a civil rights movement that confronted racism in our country and changed the destiny of millions of Americans. And friends, you know, we still got a long way to go. You've heard about it in the news this week. We got a long way to go. But I'm telling you, God used Dr. King's words to elevate values in our country that made America a better place. And thank God. Now, I think if we were to ask James about the impact of our tongue on relationships, James would say, Cam, there is nothing in the relational world that has much potential for good or bad as your words. And so what I want to challenge you to give your mom as a gift today is a word. Give her some words. Now, I'm going to walk you through the book of Proverbs, and we're going to start in chapter 15. So if you want to turn to Proverbs 15, you'll be right on, right on time. You're going to mark these verses because they're just awesome. Let's see what the wisest man who ever lived had to say about how we can use our words to bless our mom and honestly bless everybody else. And friends, this is the message that I hope you will begin to apply the minute this sermon is over. And so, man, t t t pay attention to what's getting ready to happen here. The first counsel uh, that we get from Solomon might seem obvious, especially today, but it is so important in families and especially, you know, while we're sheltering at home and we're on top of each other all the time, I think Solomon would tell us to speak kindly, kindly. Now, friends, this proverb, the proverb that's helped me with conflict more than any other verse in the Bible, I think, is Proverbs 15:1, which says, a soft answer takes away wrath, but a harsh word, a harsh word stirs up anger. Now, you know, I believe that every, that walking up to a verbal conflict is like walking up to a fire. And man, you got a bucket of gas in one hand, and you got a bucket of water in the other, and you're gonna throw one of them on that fire. And if you throw the gas, it's gonna blow it up and make it worse. And if you throw the water, it's gonna calm things down and put the conflict out. And friends, Kindness is how you take that cool water and pour it on a hot situation with your words. Here's another way to think about it. Think about your tongue as the verbal thermostat for your whole relational world. You can literally determine the relational climate of your home with the words you say. And man, I hope we will. Look, look at what Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 11. Your kindness will reward you. Your cruelty will destroy you. Dude, how many times have you seen a marriage or a family or a friendship break up 
over some harsh word that was said. Proverbs 16, pleasant words are persuasive. Listen, you are never persuasive when you're abrasive. Now you may think you are, you may think you've got the win, but I'm telling you, all you did was launch a bunch of passive aggressive stuff that's gonna come back and bite you in the future. Proverbs 16, kind words are like honey. They're sweet to the soul. They're healthy to the body. On the other hand, you know, if your words are harsh or crude or negative or incendiary, you know, the outcome is 100% predictable. Tempers will flare, amperage will escalate, decibels will double, and then pretty soon you're in one of those good old fashioned shouting matches, you know, with wild accusations and finger pointing and veins bulging and, and you know, doors slamming. You ever been in one of those? It's heartbreaking. It scares the kids. Let me ask you a more important question. Do you start a lot of those? Do a lot of those kind of, you know, episodes happen around you? Are you self-aware enough to know that you are the common denominator for a lot of a harsh conversation in your molecules at home and at work and all of that? And friends, if you are, that ought to tell you something. Listen to me now. You are not a kind person. Now you may think you are, but I'm telling you, if you use a lot of harsh communication, dude, the clue phone's ringing, it's for you. This is a kindness issue. Now, if I could show you a way to double the satisfaction in your relationship with the person who grates on you the most in the next 30 days, would you be interested in that? And if not, can I just say, repent and seek help, man. You know, I read a book that just blew my hair back, blew it off, right? Uh, it was written by a lady named Shanti Feldon, and it's called The Kindness Challenge. Now, Shanti is a Harvard grad. Uh, she was an analyst on Wall Street for many years. Today, she is a godly woman who writes a lot of books about relationships. She lives in Atlanta. And listen, in her research for this book, she developed what she called The Kindness Challenge. And in that research, the people that she helped take that challenge, 89% of them said their relationship got better in 30 days. Now, you know how it is. You got some people in those surveys who have miserable relationships and you some have happy relationships. She said of the people who are in happy marriages reported that their happiness increased almost 100%. I mean, 37% to 72% said their, their, marriage, their happiness increased enormously during a 30-day kindness challenge. Now, let me tell you how this works. It's three simple steps. Notice I didn't say easy steps. They're not easy but they are simple. So you're gonna have to buckle up. This is not easy. Dude, you ride this horse for 30 days, I guarantee you, your relationships will get better. Marriage, mom, dad, sister, brother, kids, crazy, coworker, this thing will work on anybody. You know why? Because Paul said in Galatians 5:22, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness. Friends, the Holy Spirit is in the life of every follower of Jesus producing this kind of character. Man, this means that kindness is kind of a spirit-empowered capacity that is already in your heart and mind if you're a follower of Jesus and it's supernatural. The only question is whether you will unleash it or not. So here's the kindness challenge. And listen, you can only do this for one person at a time. Can't do this for 10 people, can't do this for two. Just pick out the person you want to affect the most, and, and, and that'll be year one. And here's what you do. Number one, step one, say nothing negative about your person, either to them or about them for 30 days. 
nothing negative to them or about them for 30 days. Now, if negative feedback is required because you're a boss or you're a coach or you're a parent and you know, you've got to confront a mistake or something like that, confront it, but do it in an encouraging, gentle way and don't take that super negative tone. All right, here's step number two. Every day, find one positive thing that you can sincerely praise or affirm about your person and then tell them and tell somebody else without letting them know. You, tell, you affirm them and then you secretly affirm them to somebody else without them knowing. Talk, talk good about them behind their back. And here's number three. Number three, every day do a small act of kindness or generosity for that person that you're focusing on the kindness challenge for 30 days. And let me tell you about my Sarah. Sarah loves it when I make her a skinny decaf cinnamon dolce latte with coconut milk. And I can do it, and I mean, I have a gift, all right? Now, I'm gonna make her one of those every day for the next 30 days as an act of kindness. Now, friends, if you do these three things every day for the next 30 days, these efforts will change you. And let me tell you, they'll change them. Listen, Shanti reported that one woman was so sick of her marriage, she talked to her doctor about it, and the doctor gave her uh, Feldham's book, and, and, and she took the 30-day kindness challenge, and two weeks in, her husband told her, the, the doctor said I was dying, didn't he? Because that's the only way he could explain how, the difference in the way she started treating him, the kindness that he started getting from her. Now, friends, take a look at this, because this is super important. Ms. Feldham research has shown that when you do all three of these things, you do all three of these things at the same time, it creates kind of a relational antibody that literally will kill some of the most relational, relationally dangerous viruses that you can get in any relationship. But you've got to do all three at the same time. It's kind of like water. You know, water is made up of H2O. You get two hydrogen atoms, one oxygen atom on their own. They don't do hardly anything. But dude, you put them together and they create the most life-changing, life-saving substance on earth, water, right? That's the way this is. Man, when you make that commitment, no criticism, positive affirmation, kind actions, it creates, it creates a synergy that is more powerful than any of those things alone. And I just want to encourage you, man, if you're struggling with a spouse, you know, a child, a coworker, a life group member, whoever, dude, just try unleashing kindness on them for 30 days and watch what happens. Now, this is not easy. This is not easy. Nobody said it was, but I'm telling you, it works. And it works on spewers and stewards. Now, you know, a spewer is somebody, every time they get hot, they just start blasting everybody. And then the steward is somebody, when they get mad, they pout and they grumble under their breath because things are not going their way. It doesn't matter what kind of person it is. If you apply this kind of kindness, it's going to make a difference. Now, I know you already think you are kind. We all think we're kind because we're not the nastiest people we know. But there are some kindness killers that get in the way. And so let me just, let me just ask you a question. Are you regularly sarcastic? Are you regularly uh, critical? Do you complain a lot? Are you the kind of person who's easily exasperated or easily offended? And you're, you know, that head, rolling your eyes, heavy sigh kind of guy. It, it, listen, those are kindness killers. And if you do that stuff, I'm telling you, you're not as kind as you think. But imagine what the Holy Spirit could do if you took this 30-day challenge 
And you started using your words in this positive, powerful way. And then the competition in your family became, who's going to be the most kind? And listen, you don't have to imagine. Just try it. Try it for 30 days and see what happens. If you need to get the book, get the book. It'll help. But I'm telling you, instead of, you know, pulling the pin on that verbal grenade and just tossing it in every time somebody disappoints you, try the discipline of just taking a breath so you can think and then give the gift of kind words, kindness. Do it for 30 days and just see what happens. Now, I'm not talking about being fakey, sweet, or inauthentic. I'm not talking about that. It doesn't work on anything. I'm talking about you as a follower of Jesus, leveraging kindness as a supernatural asset. And then I hope 30 days from now you'll write me and you'll tell me the story about you summoning your courage and you trusting the Lord and you speaking with kindness and the difference it made. So I think first of all, today on Mother's Day, I want to encourage you to speak kindly. And here's here's one more word gift that we can give from the book of Proverbs, which was written by Solomon, who the Bible says is the wisest man who ever lived. Speak life-giving words. Listen, life-giving words. Now, I believe that the one trait that we inherited from our Creator, the most powerful trait, the most godlike trait that we inherited from our Creator is the ability to speak new things into existence. Now, that's what happened in the book of Genesis. And friends, we can do this, and many of us do it every day. We speak and tension goes down and, and listen, peace goes up. We speak and develop godly self-esteem in the lives of our kids. We speak and our wife feels loved. We speak, our husband feels respected. Listen, Solomon said, the words of the godly, next, the words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. Man, he goes on to say, a word aptly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. What in the world is he talking about there? Listen, life-giving words are beautiful and they are valuable. He goes on to say, the words of the wise bring healing. I'm telling you, man, you change the way you talk in your marriage, it will change your marriage. It will heal your marriage. Try it. Try it and see. Now, I had the opportunity to meet Rich DeVos a few years ago. Now, Rich DeVos is the owner of the Orlando Magic, and he spoke at a leadership retreat that I was a part of, and we got to visit a little bit, and I really enjoyed that conversation. But in one of his talks, he said, guys, you know, uh, there are a few phrases that I've used all my life that I think have empowered my success. And then these little phrases just started rolling off of his tongue. You can do this. I believe in you. I trust you. I need you. I'm proud of you. I respect you. Thank you. I love you. And man, when he finished taking us through that list of little phrases, I realized that this Christian billionaire business titan learned early in his life that Solomon was right. Man, words change people. They change people. Man, words can encourage somebody who's faint-hearted. Words can heal the deepest wounds. Man, words can, words can comfort a child who's grieving. Words give hope to the discouraged. Listen, through our words, we make heaven smile and put hell on the run when we worship. We just did it a few minutes ago. I'm telling you, our words can change us and they can change our world. And so I want to end my words today in this message by helping you practice some of those phrases those life-giving phrases that Mr. DeVos used to build his family and his marriage and his ministry and his business. And my prayer is that as we practice these things, we're going to just load them into like a magazine on our mind. 
And they're going to start coming out of our mouth at the appropriate time as a gift. So here we go. First life giving word. I believe in you. I believe in you. Somebody in your life needs to hear that today. I mean, think about it. Think about somebody to whom that would mean the world. If you were just to say, you know what, you're going to get through this. I, I think you, you, you know, you're tough. I know what you're going through is hard, but you're going to get through this. We're going to make it. Mom, you know, as long as you're here, we're all going to be okay because we believe in you. Let's say it out loud. Y'all ready? Here we go. Practice with me. On three. One, two, three. I believe in you. All right, here's the next phrase. I trust you. Now, somebody needs to hear those words from you. These are powerful, powerful words. Now, last year, I asked five out of six of our campus pastors to sell their house, leave the campus that they love, move, to, uh, move their families to another campus so that our church would be ready for the next big challenge. We didn't even know what it was last January, but now we do. And thank God we did all of that last year. But let me tell you, that was a lot to ask. And today, we're so glad we did. One of those guys had to sell his house and move 40 miles away. And we were talking about it, and he said, Cam, I'll do it because I trust you. Now, I would never have chosen this. I love my campus, and I think people love me here. But I know you've prayed about this. You've fasted about this. You're asking me to do what you believe is God's will and the best for our church. And because I trust your leadership, I'll gladly do it. Now, that guy will never know what that meant to me or how fired up I got to make sure I was worthy of that trust. Man, I'm telling you, the power of saying those words is that you create an understanding between you and me and what you mean to me. And I'm telling you, that is a, that, that's a phrase that will bless somebody in your life today. Who would really be blessed if you said, I trust you? Let's practice it. You ready? All together on three. One, two, three. I trust you. Here's another phrase. I need you. <laughs> now, this is the phrase we never want to say. We never want anybody to think we need anything, you know, because we fear we'll look dependent or, or we'll look weak. But I'm telling you, these words have power. They are humble and they are powerful. You know, years ago, I got really frustrated uh, during a time of intense attack on me here at the church uh, and on my leadership at the church. I mean, they're just people that didn't like the way things were going and they just focused on me and it was awful. And I know that's hard to believe because, you know, our church is so healthy today. Uh, and thank God those days are behind us. But man, I'm telling you, it was super discouraging. And you know how this works. I'm getting really discouraged here. And then the phone starts ringing from these churches all over the place saying, oh, Pastor Cam, why don't you come to our church and be our pastor? <laughs> One church, uh, a friend of mine was on their eldership and he called me and said, Cam, I'm going to send my jet over to pick you and Sarah up. And we want to fly you over here to meet with our elders. Uh, and then while you're here, we'd like you to look at some houses. And so do you like uh, gated communities or acreage? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you are the devil. Get off the phone, right? But you know how it is. I'm getting blowback from the haters on one side. And then it looks like doors are opening up on the other side. And so I started thinking, you know what? Maybe my run here is over. And so I went to visit one of those churches. I didn't tell anybody about it, but one of my friends found out about it. And they had come out of a super toxic church. And I'm telling you, a miracle of God had happened to their family when they came here to Compassion because of our ministry. And they wrote me a letter that basically said, Cam, we know you can leave here and God will bless your ministry wherever you go. But we just want you to know we need this church and we need you at this church. We need you to be our pastor. And I'm telling you, friends, when I was you know, struggling, trying to figure out what to do, 
that letter of encouragement rang my bell. It reminded me that, you know, sometimes pushing through the conflict is where the victory is and it's really worth it. And let me tell you, it certainly has been. But those words encouraged me when I needed the most powerful words, humble words. I need you. It's amazing. Amazing what happens when you say stuff like that. Here's another phrase. I'm proud of you. Man, I'm proud of you. Now, you know, I've always been kind of hesitant to even use those words because, you know, the Bible warns us so often about being prideful. But, you know, I think there's also a healthy pride. There's probably more like gratitude than pride. But, but, you know, that's the way we use it in the Huxford family. You know, when Garrett, uh, my youngest son, and his wife, Megan, moved their family to Raleigh, North Carolina to help start a church last year, man, they made just a sacrificial act of faith. And I was so proud of them. And I'm telling you, every time I talk to them, that's what I tell them. I'm so proud of what you're doing here in Raleigh. And then Harrison and Lindsay, you know, last year agreed to leave the Compassion Christian Campus in Statesboro that they launched 50 miles away uh, and they had to leave a brand new home and they had to leave really good friends and a campus that loved them, you know, to come here and help us lead the Henderson Campus. And man, I know that was a sacrifice for them. And I just told them, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of your willingness to do this for the Lord. And then, you know, my son Cam and his wife Haley live in Seattle. Uh, and man, Seattle has been a challenging place for them. But they have had an amazing ministry out there. And of course, Kim is a songwriter uh, and he leads a Christian band called Ghost Ship. And man, their music is being done literally in thousands of churches across the U.S. and England right now. And God is just using them. And I'm telling you, when I see that, I, I just have told them over and over again, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you, Kim. You know, when my amazing daughters discipline their children or teach them God's word, I just tell them, Haley, Megan, Lindsay, I'm so proud of you. Uh, when my Sarah, you know, just pours her heart out to care for our grandkids. Or, you know, I see her teaching the word of God to a room full of fired up women. Man, I'm just so proud. Sarah, I'm so proud of you. Do you ever say that? Is there somebody that would just, it would change their perspective if they heard you say these words? Let's practice on three. One, two, three. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. All right. Somebody in your life needs to hear, hear those words before the sun goes down today. Call them up. Look them in the eye if you can and speak those words. Now, mom, here's one for you and, and maybe not the way you think. OK, thank you. Thank you. And listen, this is Mother's Day. And man, we are all about thanking our moms. We love them. Look at them. Wink at them. Say thank you, mom, right now. That would be good. But ladies, have you ever wondered if there was something that you could say that would make a man in your life feel the way you feel when somebody says, I love you? This is it. This is what you can say to men that make them feel the way you feel when somebody says, I love you. Thank you for working hard to provide for our family. Thank you for taking care of our home. Thank you for protecting our family. Thank you for being faithful every day. I, I see what you did in the yard. Thank you. I see what you're doing at church. I appreciate you. Now, you know, there's kind of a weird dysfunction in our culture. Some people say, well, why do I have to say thank you for that? That's their job. Because you're kind. <laughs> because you have the Holy Spirit. And it's making you kind. I'm telling you, ladies, every man wonders how he measures up in the eyes of his wife. And just hearing these words from you will change things. So let's practice. You ready? On three. One, two, three. Thank you. All right. And guys, this is Mother's Day. You need to say the most important three words in the English language. And you know what they are. I love you. Listen. You need to say these words out loud in front of other people. You need to make sure everybody in your family knows you love them. 
You just need to make sure they know I love you enough to stop and turn around and look you in the eye and listen when you talk. Man, I love you for the home you make and for the children you've given me and for the blessing you are to me. I love you enough to be kind to you. Let me tell you, the mom, the wife, the friend in your life needs to hear this and they need to see it. So let's say it. Y'all ready? All together. One, two, three. I love you. I love you. Now, friends, you know who taught us to talk like this? God did. God does this all the time. God expresses in the Bible his affection for his people dozens of times in dozens of different places. You know why? Because God is a leader who takes responsibility for the tone of his home. So he says to anybody who will pick up the Bible, I love you. Man, it doesn't matter you know, how, what kind of hole you've dug for yourself. It doesn't matter how long you've been away from me. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made. My love for you is unconditional and unstoppable. God wants you to know, I love you, I love you, I love you. And listen, man, we love God because He loved us first and said so over and over and over again. And you have family members who need to hear those words from you, whether they say they need to hear them or not, whether they ever return your love or not. Friends, words are a supernatural communication gift that God has given us to make sure our family knows how we feel about them. And I hope you'll use those words today. Father, thank you. Thank you for this time you've given us to just think about the gifts that we can give. And there's gonna be a lot of breakfast in bed happening today and thrill about that. Wish I'd thought about it. Uh, Father, there's going to be a lot of flowers given today. There's going to be a lot of notes given, and, and those are all awesome. But those gifts need to communicate something, and our words need to back that up. And I pray, God, that that, that gift of kind and life-giving words will be given all through our families today. But Lord, my greatest hope is that somebody will say those words back to you. You've already said, I love you. I hope there are people right now who will say, I love you back. You've already said, I forgive you. I, I will forgive you. I pray God that today there are people who will ask for that forgiveness, who will repent of their sins, who will ask you, Lord, to include them in your family. Lord, I pray that right now, people will be going to the chat to just say, help me know how to respond to the love of God. What's my next step? How do I connect with Jesus. Just, just type it in. And I'm telling you, there are people on our chat right now who will visit with you and love you and lead you to a life-changing relationship with Christ. And so, Father, we're so thankful that your heart is open to us. And I pray, God, that we'll take advantage of it today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, Kim's message today is so encouraging. You know, he just said just a few moments ago, you know, words are a supernatural gift that God has given us to communicate encouragement. And so today, friends, as we close, it's our desire that you just don't shut your computer screen and move about your day and not think um, how your heart and mind will change because of this message. So today, let's just take a minute and I want you to share with those that you're sitting with or maybe you don't have anyone with you right now, but you can text a friend or you can even engage with somebody on the chat right now. And I just want us to look at two questions as we close today. Number one, who has said an encouraging word to you that made a significant impact on your life? And what impact did that make? And secondly, you know, what act of kindness have you done that you think the Lord used for good? 
what act of kindness have you done that you think that the Lord has used for good? You know, man, I hope that you will engage with these questions and that they will change the way that you think and live for eternity. We love you guys and we're so grateful that you were able to join us today. Happy Mother's Day. We'll see you next week.